We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here. As you can see, this is not the old man, Andreas Hale. This is my boy Spence from Views from the Seven Podcast. Friend of the pod. You've been on with me before, chopped it up. I've been on their podcast a ton, holding it down in Las Vegas. The reason he's here today is because we're talking hip-hop to open the show before we get to the boxing, before we get to a super dope interview I've been looking forward to later in the show. And these guys crush it on their hip-hop talk here in Vegas. So I had to bring Spence on. I tell Spence all the time. You might see me tweeting him all this stuff on on Twitter. I was like, yo, you got the worst hip-hop takes ever. But he stands by them. He loves them. And he truly believes them. So I'm like, yo, I can't knock that. If anything, I love a good gimmick. And that's, but like, no, like you're very opinionated, very like me. We have these conversations off the mic all the time. So I was like, nah, you got to come here. We're going to chop it up on the show. Um, Of course, always shout out to my brother, Andreas. He Uh is not here right now, just handling some family stuff real quick. So just number love to Dre. He'll be back shortly, I am sure. But until then, I will hold it down. In my all-white DCs. Hold on, hold on. Just for Dre, I'll oh put him on the table God. today. Hold on. <laughs> Those are disgusting. <laughs> yeah, you just went. for Dre. Just for Dre at home, I put him on the table real real quick. Just so he, just so he knows his presence is still here. And I'm, I'm rocking the DCs. They are very comfortable, though. They are. Um, everyone who listened to the last show knows I don't tie my shoes. But uh, hopefully you guys got a good, good glimpse of that. Hopefully Cole caught that on the Zoom in. Producer Cole, baby, in the booth, making sure you guys get that in HD. But, yeah, like I said, later on in the show, we're going to be talking about the crazy weekend in boxing. We had Javante Davis fighting in L.A. I was there for that. We also had Devin Haney fighting in Vegas on Saturday. I'll talk about that fight. I'll talk about who's in line to fight Cambosis, if any of them really stood out and see what the lightweight title picture will hold going forward. Also, I'll preview Lomachenko fighting in the Garden this weekend right after the Heisman ceremony. Always a great fight. Nico Ali Walsh on that card. It's been 51 years, I believe, or this is 50, 50 years since Ali fought Frazier in Madison Square Garden. Ali Frazier won, Mm. and Nico Ali is making his debut in the Garden. He just 
we got good footage today of him seeing the scale his grandfather weighed in at for that fight. It's going to be crazy. A ton of nostalgia there. We'll talk about that card as well. And then a guest, like I alluded to earlier, I've been so hyped about this. My guy Tai Tuivasa is coming on the show, UFC heavyweight. Mm. If you guys don't know him, got crazy hands, always knocks people out, and the best celebration in all of combat sports, the shoey. You guys will see more of that later. Um, I'll definitely post a video on all social media because today, I promise you, I will take a shoey with Tai Tuivasa. It is on my list. It is going down, so plenty of stuff to talk about on the show. First off, though, Spence, man, it, it's nice to just be able to be here, chop it up. We always on your pod. Yeah. I feel like past yeah. two past two years, I yeah. come, I bombard your space, I get into it. Yeah. We we are talking about hip hop. We're wilding out. I got a one thing for the people. I don't mean to put you on the spot. Yeah. This is a lot of people's introduction, <laughs> right? Like, but yeah. I love it. This is what you do. Yeah. I got beef with you. Talk to me. Everybody in booth gonna have beef with you. Talk to me. Everybody in the hallway gonna have beef with you. How do you not like Prince? You are a man oh, of terrible. cultured R and B. Terrible. Miltos. Miltos. Great, great musician. But he's a musician that can't make music. What are you doing to Prince except skipping it or turn it down? What? It's like quiet storm music. It's like, all right now, all right, y'all. Party's over. Prince, his music. One, it's amazing. I play Prince all the time on the jukebox. Two, two, even if you don't like the music, you're like great musician. He is arguably the greatest character in music history. No, he's not. because it Him, went... the girl, Apollonia, the, the no. outfits, the no. different guitars. He is arguably the greatest showman in music history. If, no. Him and, and Michael Jackson are 1A, 1B in terms of showmanship. You're being real disrespectful right now. <laughs> to Mike. Because they're with I their, love Mike. Prince's persona came from Rick James. That's his persona. That's Rick James. I wouldn't say it came from Rick James. Because then, if you're being that disrespectful, Rick James' persona came from James Brown. I mean, sprinkled no, with whatever they were no, substances they I had say, in the 80s. I would say Rick James' persona came from. Sly, from Sly and the Family Stone. Also around the same time. I'll give you that. But I'm saying there's someone before him. Yeah. So you can't say Prince's persona came from Rick James because then we're just going to go down a long lineage of people who started that. No. I can't be your Prince slander. What Prince did to Rick James is what Drake do to all these rappers. He just took their style and ran with it. That's also disrespectful to Drake. You just, somehow you've doubled down and disrespected two amazing artists in one, in one you shot. Know, just, you know. <laughs> all right, so Prince Slander's side, I want to come in here. It's actually a perfect episode for you to be on here. Okay. I'm going down memory lane. Gotcha. So before Spence was the man in Vegas podcasting everything, shout out to Views from the no, 7. Man. It's the sensei right here, man. <laughs> shout out to Ivan from the show. Shout out to Skinny. Yeah, shout out the, to whole, the whole crew. Um, y'all holding it down for the city. Bar none. Best podcast in the city, right? So, before that, I've known you for years. Yep. I came in here today, and it's an anniversary for me. Mm. Uh, I, what do you call a bad anniversary, Cole? Is there, like, a word for a bad anniversary? Is it, like, an anniversary? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't so know what it, it is. It's like your baptism from, like, fuckboyism. Yeah, like, it, it was definitely, it, it was, like, the Emancipation of Kel Dansby. Mm. Like, like the Mariah album. 
that this is my anniversary of that because I got today on my alerts, Pacquiao Marquez four happened nine years ago today. It's the one where Pacquiao gets knocked out cold. They put Simba on his lifeless body. The the memes were crazy, Jordan face, all that. And that fight was my first fight ever covering combat sports. Right? It was first time ever. And people were like, yo, that's my hell of a first fight. I'm like, yeah, it is. Yeah. But that reminds me, it marks my anniversary of the split from my first marriage. Because I got kicked out of the crib. <laughs> like, it was the wildest yeah. week of my life. So it was funny because every time I see this every year, I'm just like, it was the wildest week, best week of my life. I get kicked out of my crib in Kansas City where I'm living at the time. My ex-wife puts all my stuff outside. Bomb. Like in a bag. Oh, one bag. shit. All my stuff outside. I got one bag of clothes. I got my book bag with my Xbox in it, my laptop, and headphones. That's all I ever traveled and my beats at the time. I ain't take nothing else. And puts myself outside. I'm like, all right, damn, what am I going to do? Same time, I call up my girlfriend, and I'm like, yo, she put my stuff outside. And she's just <laughs> uh, like, cool, I'm going to buy you yeah. a ticket. You heard that right. I was a horrible person. Back then. Shout out. So man. my wife puts my stuff outside. I call my girlfriend. My girlfriend then buys me a ticket to come back to Vegas. At this time, I then accept a job with uh, BSO at the time. They needed someone to write West Coast. It's like, cool, listen, I'll write for you guys, whatever. Flying back to Vegas. They're like, okay, like, I guess that works then. Like, Robert Latal was like, yeah, you can, cool. I got something for you to cover. And it happened to be Pacquiao Marquez that weekend. Mm. So I get back. Girlfriend picks me up from the airport. Hit up my best friend, Ray. Like, yo, I have nowhere to stay. I got kicked out of the house. By the way, I'm in Vegas. Can I stay with you? He has a, not even a one-bedroom. He has a studio apartment, which there's not many studio apartments here in Vegas. There's a studio apartment, yeah. and then the front of it is his photography studio. So there's really nowhere for me to sleep. I sleep in his walk-in closet for like three weeks. Yeah, super committed. So I get back, set up my little space in his walk-in closet, and then go to weigh-ins for that fight. And I remember my girlfriend had time picking me up, dropping me off to weigh-ins, and then I remember the fight happening, and that fight to me was always like, damn, that's one of those things that completely take your mind off of everything that's happening. Yeah. And I was just like, that fight now, nine years looking back, was like, yo, I can't believe that was nine years ago. And all this shit happened in like a week, and it changed my entire life. I had no interest in covering boxing as a profession. I thought I was going to cover football. Um, I had no interest in doing MMA at the time, nothing. And that just so happened to be the first event that was available for me covered boxing, and never left. Now we're in Blue Wire Studios yeah. talking, talking combat sports every day. So, Boy, look at God. Look at, look at that. So it, it's wild, but it, yeah. it made me think, like, shout out to, I, and I saw this on Facebook the other day. People were like, man, you, you need to be great all your life, right? I hate that term. Like, oh, the, the fuck boys, blah, blah. Like, that's stupid. Yeah. Because I'd be like, no, nah, it's just people being young. I was an idiot when I was young. It led me to greatness. It's I feel like people got to embrace this. Fact. And it's one of those things where I look back, and I was like, yo, it's the anniversary. It, it was the end of one marriage, whatever. Um, shout out to the ex-wife, I guess. Shout out. Um, I, I don't, I don't badmouth her on the podcast. We're cool now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, don't go back and listen to like six years ago. But all good with her. But it's crazy to think like a horrible situation led to a great one. And all that to say, I met you. Who is in the same situation? In the same exact situation <laughs> because my ex-wife and her, like, really good friend, like, yeah. Ace Boon Coon from middle school, 
like they they went through middle school together, cheered together, danced together, ended up going to different high schools, but uh, went to I don't know what the hell that was West Middle School, something crazy on the West Side, which yeah. is bananas over there, North Las Vegas. Um, so they went to middle school together, went to separate high schools. My ex wife found me. We started dating in high school. The other friend found, found me. You. So yeah. my introduction to you was we're thirty three was. 18 years ago through hearsay because her good friend, I think I heard of you at the MLK parade. Yeah, that's great. Because they were dancing (laughs) the MLK parade and her good friend was like, yo, I'm dating this kid from Cheyenne High School Mm. who plays ball. I was like, oh, you're on a basketball team? She's like, nah, he just plays at the park (laughs) across the street (laughs) for Cheyenne, just dropping buckets on people. I couldn't comprehend this. And at this point, I feel like you were playing basketball every night across from Cheyenne High School. And that was the legend yeah. that was Spence back then. Yeah, I think you had like a six-pack back then. It was a whole whole different world. Yeah, I was into the uh, illegal basketball. <laughs> street basketball. The street ball. Like you were, like you were hot sauce. Street pharmacist basketball. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's crazy. That was like, yo, 18 years ago. And then nine years past that is my emancipation. Yeah. They, and then nine years after that, we are here, yeah. chopping it up. So it's it's crazy how everything comes full circle. Yeah, that's crazy, um, Wilding out. I'm but, proud of you, bro. I ain't going to lie to you, man. Listen, man, it, it's great. I love what y'all do every week. I love getting on mic. Y'all start off, yo, how was your weekend, yeah. all this. Like, the, the show format, all that. And, you know, full disclosure, I've been there since the beginning. Yep. I've seen yep. it. Like, we met at the mall. Yep. When you were like, yo, I so think about I starting a podcast. Like, like, let's do it. We sat down in front of a hot dog on a stick. Yep. I had, a, I had a cherry lemonade, if y'all go to Hot Dog on a Stick. <laughs> the cherry lemonade hit different. Yeah. Make sure y'all get that cherry. But I had that. We sat down for like two hours. Next thing you know, y'all show's been running four years. Almost. Almost. Probably like February, March. It'll be four years. Wild. So it's, it's great. Everything comes full circle. Um, as y'all say, let's get into our shit. Yeah. So let's get into the bag yeah. of, uh, of music. Outside of your wild ass Prince take, right, right, right before you do that though, I do want to highlight. I do want to highlight before we get into the music that your story is a reason why I say we got to start acknowledging the fun side of cheating. <laughs> we have to start acknowledging that, and without the side woman, where would you be right now? Without Came that, in the clutch, bro. I don't Came even know, clutch. man. Look at God, man. I mean, at that again. I will, I will double down on this. Cheating is only cool when you're young. Che- cheating is a young man game. Oh, yeah. Cheating is like the NFL, and you a running back. Yeah. You ain't Tom Brady when you cheat in that quarterback. Yeah. No, no, it, it's, it's running back. You got six good years in the league, and you got to know when to get out. Yeah, well, I'm 33 now. You know, the six-pack is gone. gone. The blood flow ain't flowing like it used got to. Wife so at I, ain't home. Got, I ain't got the energy to be doing all that anyway. At all. It's a young man's game. If you're going to cheat and be an idiot, do it while you're young. Don't do it while you're old. That's corny. Don't stay around the league for too long. Yeah. You look you looking real funny in the light, like Rajon Rondo right now with the Lakers. <laughs> you, you look like the Lakers bench. You yeah. Don't stay around too long. Know when to get out. That's cheating. But at the time, yeah, nah, cheating. Yeah, when you get when you get our, save my uh, life. Is that a T-shirt? Is that the next shirt our, I wear on uh, the show? When you get our age, weight, and height, you know, it's mental cheating. You know what I mean? I, I might tell another Chick, you know how my day went. Oh yeah, I'm stressed out. Yeah, wifey like elbowing that. you with all that. that yeah. All the rest of that, the the the, the it, nah, I can't do it. Nah, there's not like listen, man. I 
I don't got enough brain power anymore for that. Like, not even just, like, no, girls. One, girls have always annoyed me, right? That's why I knew my wife was going to be my wife. Mm. Because she would come to the crib and we'll hang out and everything. She didn't annoy me. That's crazy. I, was, I could work in front of her. I can hang out. I watched wrestling in front of her. She ain't know nothing about wrestling. Um, she saw Roman Reigns, Finn Balor, saw their six packs. I was like, okay, I can get into this. But outside of that, like, she didn't know nothing about wrestling, but she just let me rock. Yeah, that's dope. We go man. to wrestling shows. We do all this. We can hang out anywhere together. And I was like, oh, no, yeah, we're good. Like, me, you, let's ride this out because all of the rest of them annoyed me. Didn't matter how they looked. Didn't matter how much money they had. The, I don't know if she qualifies as a mistress. I, I feel like now we're getting to the bag. We're getting off course, but I don't care. I feel like <laughs> you have to be of a certain age to technically have a mistress. I was married. I was 21. She wasn't my mistress. She was just a girlfriend. I'm not old enough. I have enough money to have a mistress. Yeah. They're like, there got to be a certain amount in your bank account before you can technically say you got a mistress. Yes, fact. I, I was not there yet. So, yes, my girlfriend at the time, who was not my wife, definitely helped out. And she had dough. So that also helped. She was some type of, like, executive, some whatever. Um, looking back at it, she was as bland as a piece of cardboard. I thought I liked her back then. Yeah. The girlfriend was just different than the wife. She looked different. She felt like, you know, was, the bounce was different. I thought I was cool. But looking back now, I was like, damn, she was boring as hell. For like it's as dope fact. as she thought she was, I was like, she was boring. That's a fact. So, yeah, like it's one of those things where it's like it was a means to an end. And when you're young, that's what cheating is. Because we are guys, if we're keeping it real, we're idiots. And when you're young, and maybe when you're old, I don't have to do this shit anymore. Guys don't know how to break up with people. No, we do not. So you, you literally just cheat just so your girl will break up with you. Because yeah. you have no clue how to strategically leave her. Respect. So looking back at it, that's what my girlfriend was for. Yep. Mission accomplished. My, my wife found out about my girlfriend, put all my stuff outside. My girlfriend flew me here. Ipso facto, me and my girlfriend weren't together six weeks after that. Um, again, check old podcasts if you want that full story. That was, that was uh, pre, pre-businessman Kel. I can't tell those no more. Yeah. But I ended up not having a girlfriend, and life goes on. But it was means to end. Shout out to her, financial backer at the time. Outside of that, like, there, there's nothing I miss about the young, wild days. Um, you were more wild than me. I ain't putting your business out on front street no, or on my part. But crazy, you, man. you listen, man. People know you. They know you around town. <laughs> yeah. Now, now you're now you're the you know you're the podcast guy around town, right? Like that's you changed the narrative. It's like when uh, Undertaker went from the dead man to the badass. Mm. You 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 went badass Taker, American badass Taker. Right now, you come yeah. out on a motorcycle, throw the the glove up with the bandana. You used to be the dead man. Like that's you, crazy. You, you, I like that. Yeah, yeah. The I streak. Like the streak was. Was real like <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> yeah, people, people, people knew you for uh, different reasons. I was playing a lot. I will tell this story because hell, I don't have you on a podcast a lot. Again, I remember I was nineteen. My wife caught up with a friend who they're really cool with. You guys were no longer together. I believe you guys had a kid. Like I had a kid around the same age. Yep. So, um, but you guys were no longer together. Cool. I'm preparing stuff for Thanksgiving, I believe. We're in Vegas. My wife at the time has a cousin 
go to school, Cheyenne. She just graduated. She's 18, we 19. She tells her cousin, like, yo, you coming over? She's like, yeah, I need a ride. So I'm having my car. All right, cool, where are you? Oh, I'm in this apartment. Oh, I'm, I'm staying with, she is a boyfriend. I'm staying with a man in this apartment, or my man, or my boo, whatever people said yeah. back in, like, 07. I said, Redacted. cool. My wife's like, all right, cool, where, do, where do I go and pick you up? Oh, I never met your man. You guys live together already? Oh, yeah, I'm just staying here, blah, blah, we're, we're good, he's cute. All right, cool, what's his name? His name was Spence. <laughs> you had broken up with her good friend, no lie, two weeks ago. This other, I was like, yo, do you know that your cousin is dating your friend, babe? Okay, listen, I don't know. And then the cousin was like, yeah, but we're not together because he's also dating someone else. And I was like, this guy is just yeah, man. blowing money fast in Northtown. So, uh, hey man, switch them out like Pokemon cards, baby. Who got an apartment at 19, by the way? Man, it was supposed to be a bachelor pad, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then, you know, love hits. And oh, you're her habitual lover. She came in, and then I still wanted to be a bachelor, so she had to deal with it. You just moved different back then. So, yeah, listen, the legend preceded you back then. Now, you're the family man. Yep, washed, man. Gotta love it. You started over, though. So, you got the little. Yeah, I got a young you know, one. All our kids are older except you got the young one running amok. Love it. King of the castle now. That's why you washed. That young man, I love it. Every time I see it on Facebook, I'm like, yo, yeah, he's running them ragged. <laughs> Let's go. You get home from work. Yeah, man, yeah nah. Feet in your face, now, all that. I'm pops now, man. That's crazy, <laughs> ain't it? Life comes at you fast, man. Quick, but it gives you time to break down the music. So I know you saw the verses. Yeah. Three Six Mafia versus Bone Thugs. Are you a Bone Thugs guy? Skinny is. I listen to the show. Skinny abuses himself a lot, though. That's not, <laughs> that doesn't count. Uh, first two albums, and then sprinkle through. I feel like they only had two albums. And that's the problem with the, the verses. All this stuff came from two albums. Except, like, how do, how do, you not, how do y'all not play uh, first of the month? Oh, they never. Yeah, yeah. Listen, the DJ... Horrible. Whoever picked the set list, horrible. Because they were getting washed early. Then you think, and you say, <laughs> hey, look at everybody outside. What's she going to make me? Uh, look, look. <laughs> blowing kisses, suspense. Look, a heartthrob on the set. But you look at that, and you come on, you'd be like, all right, they were getting washed early. People started giving them rounds late. I don't agree with I that. I think that was a, those were like uh, participation trophy rounds. Oh, the Sympathy Awards? That's what that was, yeah. You look at the catalog, and people... First thing, I feel like 3-6 Mafia wildly disrespected. Coming this is a this. fact. People thought, like, yo, they got a Grammy. Cool, whatever. They completely forgot about Juicy J's catalog as a solo artist. This is a fact. We've seen Jada on the stage. We saw Fab on the stage. We saw um, Cam on the stage with Dipset. Yeah. Past 10 years, those are all legends. Any of them have a catalog like Juicy J? No. But I do want to ask you, what does having a catalog mean? Because if you look at a lot of our artists, history and now, after the first two, it kind of... 
who has a lengthy catalog that you can say, man, your whole catalog is dope? Not that you recorded a lot, yeah. but your whole catalog is dope. I don't want to upset you. I don't want you to upset me. So we will don't agree. Don't say your man. Don't say what we man will, with the NZ. We, we don't will, do it. We will agree that we'll, we'll just meet in the middle. Nas has a catalog that's beyond two albums. This is These last two albums, incredible. Incredible. Jay-Z has a catalog beyond two albums. Depending on who do you not ask. upset me. <laughs> <laughs> so let's. Depending let's, on let's, who you <laughs> ask. <laughs> I'm asking you to just agree with me and meet me in the middle. Reasonable Doubt is a classic. Let's not go there. <laughs> then Blueprint, Black Album. There, there's more than two. Like um, whatever people feel about Blueprint 2, Dynasty, Dumb Hard, Volume 3 in there. Beyond two albums. Cool. Yeah. We'll eliminate them from the conversation. Outside of that, Kanye and Drake? I'm not a future guy. Kanye gets more credit for his genius versus his work. I don't think, I think his, I think his music in, in, in totality have, uh, it's become like Twitter talking points. Like no, no one goes back and actually listen to the music. You're going off of nostalgia and word that put you at the time, but you go back and try to listen to that shit. It's a lot of skips. Like, my beautiful dark twisted fan is trash and weird. It's weird. It ain't trash. It's You're good not putting weird. that on. Where are you? Where are you listening to this at? I listen to Monster. Like I can listen Jams. to Monster whenever. That's one. And uh, uh, Yeezy made me do it. Which one? Was yeah, that? yeah. That's the outro. That's it. Chris Rock. That's it. I don't you think can't there's turn a none of that on. on. That album. Well, that's crazy. That's his best album. Because College Dropout, I'll give you College Dropout. I love College Dropout, right? Too many skips. I go too back many and listen skits, to it. Too many there's skits. a lot of skits. And then there's some songs that are questionable. So Very. I'll, I'll give you that. I was never a fan of Late Registration. Whatever. Graduation was dope. Yes. So I give him four albums. I like The Life of Pablo. The Life of Pablo is the only one that I say bar none. This is a great album through and through. Recently. Outside of that, everything else is trash. But that's still more than two. You 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 would say I give him two. You give him two. Certified classic, graduation, life of Pablo. Over through and through. No talking points. No, this is where this is where I was at when this dropped. Life this is what Pablo I was doing. Second best I'm talking album. about That's when you're talking about the music itself. I can turn this on right now. Watch the throne? That don't count. And I hated Otis. <laughs> I mean Otis is a weird set. It was a mad choppy. I hated Otis. And I thought Jay carried the album. But he should. Lyrically. Kanye carries it production wise. Like that's the trade off between the yeah. two. I give. And then when you find out Kanye. now, like he has a million writers, uh, a million people producing for him. Same as Drake though, and it kept the longevity going. I think there's something to this. Some of that 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 genius shit that y'all not, be trying to throw on Kanye. Even, yeah, like, a little bit is kind of falling even off. The genius thing, like all right, I, I get that. Like because I, I think he's much like Puff and Dre. More than like an actual like genius. He's a playlister, not a DJ. He understands what good music is yeah. and he can take it gotcha. and make it his. That's, that's his best thing. Um, he just happened to rap a little bit better than Puff. He found better ghostwriter. Like Dre. Like Dre is great when he finds the right ghostwriter. Kanye's happened to find really good ghostwriters for a little bit longer. So they're all in like the same mold. But even with Drake, he sounds 
like who's ever in the studio with him at the time. This is a fact. You'll sound like Kid Cudi from one project. You'll sound like, uh, oh, what is the kid from up there, the crooner? I forgot his name. Uh, he sounded like The Weeknd for a second. Oh, Party Next Door. There was like an album where he sounded like Party. Then uh, the What's-His-Face guy was writing for him, changed his whole styles for like yeah. views. Um, and then before then, he was like on his backpack shit. So you get more of that. Or he was hanging out with Trey Song, so a yeah. lot of that on the mixtape. Yeah. He's just a chameleon, but it's what kept him fresh. Because yeah. if you find new writers who know how to do the new young shit, you'll always be in the loop. You know what's crazy? Me hearing you talk, you're talking about Prince right now. Don't do this. I'm just <laughs> saying. I'm just saying. It sounds real Prince-like. I mean, the man did reinvent himself a little bit, quite mm. a bit over time. With the time. Mm-hmm. He has some new Jack Swing shit towards the end. Like, I, I get it. Yeah, you know, he went from balance to balance. I understand. But that don't mean other people writing for him. There's a, there's a no, no, I, 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 I won't question his pen. I won't question his musicianship. Everything else? Don't do prints like that. Uh, but outside of hip-hop, yeah. like a catalog question is, I think what we've seen from Versus, which has changed the perception, is that a catalog is more than albums. For a long time, we put... This the stigma on, can you make a great album? It started with, can you make a great song? Like, yeah. yo, you could be a freestyle rapper. Can you make a great song? And then the qualification became, can you make a great album? How many classics you got? But for some people, it's not about albums. And that's what Versus shows. It shows that your catalog is Juicy J having a song with Katy Perry and then having a song with Wiz. And then having a song over here as well. Like, it showed all the, the variation he can do. And he was dropping two hit songs a year yeah. for eight years. You want to put that together in whatever little CD booklet you want? That 16 tracks a pretty good song. Yeah. So I, I think that's what Versus is showing us. is like, Jada doesn't have a classic album. No. The catalog is ridiculous. The Locks don't have a classic album. But you throw on what he did on Rough Riders Volume 1, Rough Riders Volume yeah. 2, you know, the, the features, Mariah, the Bad Boy remixes, um, the, the Jay-Z, Reservoir Dog. You, you throw in all of these things. It's like, yo, damn, that catalog's pretty damn good. And you got to do that for a lot of artists back then now. Okay. I love Eminem. That's the only way I could defend him. He only got two good albums. You are crazy right The now. catalog is pretty good. He got three. Three albums? You got two in a possible. Like, we're playing spades. What? You got two in a possible. Slim Shady LP. Marshall Mathers LP. Eminem shows the possible. You are being so disrespectful right now. You put Eminem That's show on crazy. the table and you renege. Someone going to be tight. Eminem shows the possible. And then she gets real Eminem bad Eminem show that. is better than... uh. Slim, this, uh, Slim Shady Marshall LP? Mathers. No, it's nowhere near the Marshall Mathers LP. Marshall Mathers LP is his best collection of work ever. That's flawless. That's crazy. Okay. None of that can be played in 2021. Kim can? No, you can't play Kim. <laughs> Who's <laughs> listening to Stan unless it's like the radio Stan station? is an amazing song. Who's putting Stan on? No one's putting It's seven minutes. <laughs> what are you, Yo, what are you playing? What day? are you playing Stan to? Like, you lighting candles at that. So you want like White America? 
Like you're that's what you're black. Like what what are we arguing? (laughs) No, there's 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 some weird stuff in both. What was the single on Oh, the Eminem show single was just horrible. Two Trailer Parks, that one. Yeah, oh my. You ain't like that? Man, no, that's, that's a horrible man. song. I remember that shit. But him and Dre is Batman and Robin. Yeah, that's Looking shit. like idiots. Yeah, they, like, they put Dr. Dre in a Batman song. Back again. Shady's back. Oh my God, that's tell a friend. You ain't like that. The real crazy. Shady crushes that song. Crushes that song. That's Chico, though. That's like a And my name song. is crushes both of them. My name is his ass, too. What? But. The real Slim Shady is a timeless record. Oh my God! You all right? Bone Eminem. Thugs not in harmony. <laughs> Bone Thugs got two and and some tracks, but their tracks are not versus tracks. No one. The crowd was horrible. Was the crowd horrible, or was there? I think too much pressure is being put on the crowd because Bone has been doing this for so long. You should know how to work a crowd. But if the crowd ain't your crowd, it's hard. Eh, I mean, yeah, but eh. Like 3-6, it wasn't even 3-6 crowd. It was an L.A. crowd. Everyone's on their phones trying to be cute for the gram. It was weird that it was in L.A. anyway. It made no sense. Anyway. Granted, it might have been a riot if it was down south. But you could at least put it in Atlanta. Because the crowd, Project Pat came out. No pop. Pata. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, what? He, you performed Chicken Head, I was losing it. Yeah. Losing it in my living room. No one in the crowd stirred. Nothing. It was just like, yo, like, you don't respect the legend. Eight Ball and MJG came out. There was one pop all night, and that was for Wayne. Yeah. It shows you the crowd. Yeah. It's in L.A. In L.A. In L.A., like, they're just too cute to really participate. But all in all, I, I put more of it, uh, my issue was with versus itself. I I think they've yet to put together a strong matchup. Like they've all been like annihilations. When and this you, to me was similar to when you put Keith Sweat and Bobby Brown. Like Bobby Brown don't have no why is he on this stage? Monica versus Brandy was close. Brandy smoked her. Monica? Yes. Boots off. She was barefooted by the time that was over. I know your type of woman. I I 100% expected you to be a Brandy fan. No, so I you're, like you're toxic woman. That's, that's Monica. You know, <laughs> Monica posts text messages when I die and shit. <laughs> no, you, you definitely be a Brandy fan. Like, I know your track record. You, you are a Maya Brandy. fan for longer than you ever should have been. Okay, you got okay. Type. I get you Brand, okay, Brandy Monica. Uh, Brandy Monica can be a toss-up. Which other versus matchup was close? Um, that was close. I would say not Jada Wash Fab. There's all the old school ones. I'm not like an old school R and B head. Yeah. So I enjoy it, but like I expected more out of Earth Wind and Fire. <laughs> Cause the Isley brothers smoked them. Yeah, that was that was disrespectful. Somebody is always Floyd. Somebody is always don't do Manny like that. Don't do Canelo like that. There's no good comparison. I'm about to there's say that no, somebody got to be Canelo. No, there's, there's no good. There is always yeah. somebody that's just getting getting their ass beat. There hasn't been no close matchups. And as soon as they announced this battle, I was like, why is Bone Thugs on this stage? I think 
I think you would have to put three six uh, against another conglomerate like uh, Organized Noise. That to me would have been a, a fair matchup. They got washed, but yeah. Organized Noise probably beat the dog shit out of them. It, it, but it see it goes two ways. But because you you're trying to balance one way versus another way, and then you realize. Oh, somebody just got more than somebody else. Like someone's always going to take an ass whooping. Yeah. Like this is, if this is boxing, you're not gonna get a six round for six round draw. Like you you'll get there and you'll be like, oh, this is the even matchup. Then you start listening. Case in point, on paper, I thought Nelly versus Luda was a pretty good matchup. Hell no. We got to the battle. And what Luda did to him was wildly disrespectful. Don't shake your head in there, Antoine. No, I see, you know what I mean? Shout out to Antoine since in you, the booth. Since you, you, you hating on Nelly? Since you brought it on up. On grills, shake your tail feather? Since you, <laughs> since you brought it up, 3-6 would have been good against either Jeezy and Boys in the Hood or Nelly and the St. Lunatics. But you're acting like Murphy Lee got anything to bring to the table. What the hook going to be? Murphy Lee was Beyonce. In that group, to be completely honest with you. Over Nelly? Fuck yeah. Nah, that's Nelly's like, first that's... album was a, a was a was a Saint Lunatic album. They just Nelly was, you know, like See, that's privileged. wildly disrespectful. That was no that that's Nelly. A, that's a fact. That's a fact. That's a fact. It came out. Murphy Lee is better than Nelly as a rapper. He is not a bigger star. He is not beyond. He smoked Nelly on every song they was together. So what? Like, that's like saying, like, yo, go back and listen to those Destiny Child's albums. Kelly Rowland probably has better verses than Beyonce. Yes, she, she could does. sing better on a lot of those songs than Beyonce. Beyonce's still the Beyonce. You're arguing talent versus star power. Kelly smoked Beyonce a lot. And we're keeping a buck. Kelly's probably a better singer, not a better dancer. Better dancer. She looked better. Kelly ain't a better dancer. I mean, you could what? possibly say she looked better. Kelly got like two left feet. That's crazy. Kelly can't See, dance at all. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Kelly, Kelly can't dance at all. But she was cute. So, yeah, and she, to me, sounded better. Sometimes I don't want the beehive to come after me. Beyonce can't sound like she's swinging a bag of cats. Yeah. Like she color outside the lines. Don't yeah, like, like it's, it's a, she does a little much. Yes. Sometimes. Like uh, your boy Jacquez. He's like whatever. And people, like, you been just on the sung the national street, anthem. Bro. That's my, that's, that's my <laughs> dog. Right? Sung the national anthem the other day, and I was just like, yeah, oh my God. yeah, that was wild. Like you gotta know, you gotta know your lane. Like, you, <laughs> the anthem was not nothing that, that you should have been a part. That of. That is Beyonce, yeah. in my opinion, sometimes. But I can't neglect her star power. Okay, Nelly was the star. Fifty Cent is not as good a rapper as Lloyd Banks was. Fifty was the star. Fifty was the star. But he came with nine shots. Like That's fair. Shots. You can't. But Lloyd Banks washed him on everything. Yeah. For like a smooth five years. Yeah. It wasn't even close. 50 is the star. 50 on power, rights, whatever the hell else he's doing in, yeah. in the world. Vitamin water sold that off. 50 was the star. 3-6 Mafia, bringing that up. The reason they won this, this whole shit, because they had the only star on the stage. And who? Juicy J. No way. I think if you're not talking about music and you're talking about just persona altogether. Star power. That is Busy by far. Busy's not a bigger star than Juicy. What? No, by no means. Crazy. You are crazy right now. You got to go. When they needed a single or feature, 
They brought out Lil John, who was on that song. Crazy. You are tripping right Crazy's now. best verses probably came on features. When you start talking about catalog and songs and who's been around for a long time, and da, 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 you can say Juicy J. Juicy J to me is a is a aside from the song he did with like Katy Perry, Katy Perry. Juicy J to me is like a household name. Busy Bone is global. And Busy the man Bone was on America's Most Wanted. It don't get no bigger than that in the nineties. <sighs> Busy Bone damn near you wasn't on this versus stage because he decided to wild out. And you on America's Most Wanted? <laughs> nah, Busy. Nobody know Busy. Busy could walk down this hallway right now. You are being Ain't nobody stopping CJ, Busy Bone. Not one person in this hallway stopping Busy Bone. That's crazy. Juicy J had people all around the world rocking the T-shirt with the glow-in-the-dark skeletons. That's he, that he did. That he did. That he did. Completely that he did. started all, with the glasses. Yeah, trippy music. Yeah. Complete. He was a global star. And it showed his catalog... He didn't even have to bring out um, Hannah, Hannah Montana. What is her name? Yeah, Cole, do me your research on that one. That's uh, uh, when she did the when they did the Jays. Miley Cyrus. Miley Cyrus. Thank you, Cole. He yeah. didn't even have to bring out Miley Cyrus. He to really do the didn't. wrecking ball shit. Yeah, like they got the Michael made it song together. Juicy got songs with everybody. But does that tons of strip club music? But that don't make you a star though. Busy. Regardless of what's going on in here, Busy is a star. He is a global name. Busy everyone water knows, bottles. Everyone know who Busy Bone is. We can go out of the country, not to be disrespectful, but we can go out of the country, like to the 25 cents a day kids. They know who Busy Bone is. They won't know who Juicy J is. They couldn't pick Busy Bone out of a lineup. That's crazy. <laughs> you That's put crazy. me, you, and Busy wow. Bone next to each other and be like, which one is in... Bone Thugs and Harmony. And I'll probably say you and mistake you for Wish. That's crazy. <laughs> Just because of the, the hairline. <laughs> so, like, the Busy Bone would not be picked out of That's that lineup. That's crazy. Hey, but he was, he was, uh, he was dope. He was like lip rapping. Not lip syncing, but yeah, it was like lip syncing. Oh, yeah, and he couldn't, like, catch up to his own words. That was terrible, man. They, they needed to drop the Life track off. The, you yeah, like, again, I wish nothing but the best for my brother because he seemed a little, little on edge. For that whole joint. Yeah. And I don't know. Triller's on its last leg. We talk about boxing. The last thing Triller needs is a real fight. This was close. I think it was, uh, not to not to damper the mood a little bit, I, I think it was uh, overall a, a, a terrible look anyway, especially with all the eyes on Memphis. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you have this huge conglomerate from Memphis on this big stage, and then there's a fight. You know yeah. what I mean? It wasn't really a good look anyway. But I don't know. You're supposed to be older and wiser at that point, right? It's like, yo, these are the old G's, and you see the young kids getting killed and everything. This is and like, it's like, yo, y'all supposed to know better. And then the old G's fight, the young kids are like, oh, shit, we wildin' too. Like, this is yeah. this, this is like Swizz and, and Tim's, like, hamster. Remember when we used to hamsters back in the day, and they <laughs> only lasted for, like, four days, and then they would be dead? Yeah. They, they just they getting get everything they can get out of this right now, and... I don't know how much longer you can on like this. I miss versus when it was on Zoom, when people mm. would tell stories before everything they played. Now it's just a concert. What they? What the fuck? I hate the word that they use. 
Now it's just it's a battle. A, one no, back and forth, back a, and forth. Uh, a celebrate. I can't fucking stand it. Oh, the it. celebration ones? Like, don't don't grade this one. It's a celebration. I hate that. That's like <laughs> That was the Steve Harvey, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Oh, my it's God. Like, I can't. I hate it. I really, because it's almost like you're throwing the red. You, you're throwing a white flag out there already. Like, you know you're going to lose. <laughs> Some people come on there knowing they're going to lose, though. If we're being a buck. Yeah, like. <laughs> nah. Some people, like. Stephanie Mills. Knew she was going to lose. Thank you. I didn't know who Stephanie Mills was. I still don't know who Stephanie Mills is. Me neither. Okay, good. We're on the same yeah, path. Shout out to mom. Like, she never mopped to her. Yeah. <laughs> Not prime mopping music. Nope. That's, that's what Stephanie Mills' problem is. Like, nobody wanted to clean house to you, Stephanie Mills? Yeah. That's one of those. No one came to see you, Otis? <laughs> why, why is she here? Yeah. Yeah, Dre didn't agree with me there. It's probably wildly disrespectful to all the Stephanie Mills fans, all 12 of them. That's a, all right. But, yeah, exactly. Like, I, I, I still don't know who she is, even after that <laughs> the verse. Only, the only people that watched that verse was probably the people in the band with her. That's it. <laughs> that's it. Her cousin ain't even watched. You can't even get family to come through. Right. Yeah, Stephanie Miller, I, I, I'm glad she got a little bit of shine. We talked about her on this show twice now. So, Stephanie Mills. <laughs> That's one it, too many. It, it, it has worked. Um, I asked Dre this question. You're here. Yep. I want to know your answer. What matchups are we still missing from versus? If you can make any matchup, hasn't been done. I think, I think I'm going to be completely honest with you. Uh, too many times... And uh, not just with verses in general, with people. You either go super recent or you go mid to late 90s and back. That era, like the 99 to like the 2010, keeps getting skipped over for some fucking reason. Every time. It was great music in that. And I think the artist, the artist, new or old, from that era in those songs are not being highlighted. I know Missy Q's getting brought up. I genuinely don't know why don't know nobody that will be able to go against her. But at this point, they just gotta stop being scared, right? Man or woman, I don't know who you put Missy up against though. People said Buster. I mean Buster got twenty. Bust the fuck out of here. Yeah, but you got twenty. You can play the tribe called quest like scenario. You can play um he's on a lot of remixes. Like Pass the Cavassier and beat nobody. I will put, but I will put. You got songs. I will put play. Missy versus JD, and just allow allow JD to play anything he's produced, produced, produced or wrote, Rain. or what or what you did, and same with her. Either thing, anything you, uh, I know she's she's not super on the producer level, but anything you wrote or you did, that's fair. But again, does that fit this current format? You could do this when they were at home. I think Missy and JD on a on a on a on a stage would would be amazing. Now you got to bring people out to perform these things on the current format. Not necessarily. Not necessarily with not necessarily with Missy because Missy is in a lot of those songs already. She is. She bring genuine out all this stuff. Again, it's just it takes a lot of people to come in. JD, you got to fly Bow Wow out. Maybe get Criss Cross to make an appearance. Half Cross. Oh. R.I.P. So That's crazy. One. Yeah, I didn't even know. Yeah. Um, and then, like, you, you know, you got to bring someone out all the time. If he could bring Mariah out, she owe him a favor or something. That's cool. We all right. <laughs> That's don't let, you, can't, you don't let Mariah sing until December. Like, we, we know how that goes. 
I think she sings too much and then try to get in her holiday bag and it's like yeah the voice ain't, ain't what it used to be <laughs> but <laughs> don't do her like that she still look good try it I ain't going she I don't know what though. color she is you know every time I see her she's like she tans the tan listen as a man she has a cantaloupe she got big ass wig on she do got a big ass wig on but she, boobs is boobs is elite other than that yeah skip <laughs> skip over that's, that's the nature of tanning. You come out one day, you you look one way. The next day, you look different. I put Buster against Twister. Twister don't got enough to stand with you Buster. Out your fucking mind, Twister. Yes, he gonna be playing Kanye level Twister. He got he got he got adrenaline rush. Oh, you gonna run real thin if that's your first one? No, he got albums. You got he got his joints with Do or Die. He got his joints with Rockefeller. He got his he got joints. Twister has a nice catalog to go against Buster. Twister ain't got 20. What is Buster playing? Cavassier? He gonna play Cavassier. But he gonna play uh, put your hands where my eyes can see. He's gonna play. He, he got from get it leaders of the new school. Get it where adrenaline rush getting what, that out of here. What's the whack joint? But I mean it, it's he'll play it. The um the one with Janet. Then I'm going to do you wanna ride? I'm getting that out of here. What are we talking about? You don't got 20. Maybe. Twister, you, you, you being real. Twister Tech 9 would have to be like the best. Hell no. Who listens to Tech 9? Mad people listen to Tech 9, Tech 9 believe it or not. He has the craziest fan base. That don't mean it, the music is. And he has the stupid the well, Mama and Papa song. That was on the radio for like they, three years. Versus his, the radio station put a Tech 9 song on the radio and didn't even play Tech 9's verse. That's fair. I mean, that happens to a lot of people. What do you want? Wait, Versus is over there. Tech Nine ever hit that stage? That'll be the last time we see Versus. <laughs> I mean, they're getting thin if Tech Nine is there. But I would. There's people who follow, and that's closer to me. That's like Kansas City versus Chicago. There's there's a good rivalry there. Buster's on a different level than you ain't getting to the, like, the hyphy movement. The hyphy movement yet? I thought they did that. Was E40? Or they can start doing. Versus? They can start doing movements though. They can also start doing. Oh, movements. they got to give E40. They got E40, E40 versus Too Short, but they can start oh. doing movements, though, like the hypey movement versus Snap. All right. Crunk versus whatever these new kids call it. What is this new one? Crunk versus, what was, what's Dre sound? Like uh, the West Coast? Yeah, what is that sound called? Um, what did he call it? G-Funk. Crunk versus G-Funk. But that's two Ooh. wild different eras, and people were going to play Nostalgia. I mean, I guess Crunk That's music has a That's two big-ass movements. It does. You can put Dre on the stage with Lil Jon and play the music back and forth and probably make that work. Probably got to start going into the movement movements now. But then the catalog gets so big. The way that you could find people is you can shrink it. Like, if, if you have one person versus one person, you can shrink it. Their problem is they can't get enough big names anymore. Nah. If you're not paying the big names, then what are we doing? You got to start cutting checks. Who big? What big names though would you actually want to see though? To be fair, I want to see Drake. I don't. Drake versus Wayne. I've seen enough of his like fucking Grammy fucking speeches. Like I, Drake oh versus Wayne, God. Young Money battle. Like just hearing Drake, if Drake's music being played is cool, but when he gets on stage and showing shout out to Rihanna and yeah, you know, without you all things are possible. You know, <laughs> I want to hear that shit. Just play the music. <laughs> I mean, there'll be a long diatribe before every song, but that's. Not the so what? That's Drake. To see him on the stage. 
If we're going movements, one movement I will give you. I want to see cash money versus no limit. Even though no limit gets blown out of the building. Out of the building. I think you guys did this. Out of the On your building. show. Yes. Out of the building. I even tried to be no limit. Not even close. Got crushed. But that's a good movement versus movement. I and do cash versus Rockefeller. I will do that. That's fair, but Jay-Z, I mean, Jay-Z Wayne, I, I get it. But I like the down south Louisiana aspect. We put that in the, in the Superdome or whatever it's called now. Mercedes-Benz yeah. Dome or whatever. And I, I think you pack it out. If you put those two on like a, a stage going back and forth on verses, or you could at least put them where the Pelicans play, mm, yeah. pack it out. And, and, basketball fans can't do it. And <laughs> don't, don't do Fat Boy Zion like that. You see Zion in that picture? Boy, Zion. What? Boy. What? I love Popeyes. <laughs> boy, that crawfish feeding them good, boy. <laughs> Poor Zion. Uh, but I would give No Limit Mystical's entire catalog, even after he was on No Limit. Y'all had a caveat on your show where you couldn't play anything after Mystical left. I give him Mystical's whole joint. Okay. So you can have Mystical, shake your ass, yeah. all that. It gives him 20 to go against. And I will say no Young Money music. Please. You can use Wayne's catalog. No using Drake, no using Nicki. I don't know why anyone would want to use Tiger, But no using Tiger. No gutter, gutter. No, no, none of them. Just cash money. You get up until the Carter three. Wayne. And that's it. They still win, but it's close. So now No Limit gets a little chance. Yes. Very close. All right. No, I mean, big timers to me, though. Big timers got hits. So big timers. Yeah, you got big timers in Juvenile. But like how many other hundred degrees? How many other songs are you gonna play? I mean, ha. Huh? Like Jew Ju- got joints. Hate it. You hate it? I hate it. And then your man with the Z came on it and I hated it even more. <laughs> that was crazy. Like you, you didn't need to remix that one. But yeah, it makes it very close. I like that. I actually like that though. Yeah, I feel like that's the matchup we need. Bring it to New Orleans. Don't do they can't do that in Atlanta. Can't do that in LA. That's the one. You break the bank, get a little paper. Wayne might show up as guest appearance, but have Baby do most of it on stage with Manny. Juvie ain't doing none. Lord knows Percy Miller ain't doing none. Mm. What's the chick's name? Mia X? Yeah, she's cooking now. She cooking. Is she? Yeah. Well, have her bring a plate. <laughs> She'll be on stage. <laughs> she, she, she fine. Bring a plate. Yeah. Drop the, the IG chef. That's crazy. Tag on there. I feel like that's the that's the next verses to really come down the ways. Um, this is sponsored by this recipe. <laughs> Listen, man, she up there making a pot of gumbo. That's that gets no more New Orleans than that. She's down there making gumbo and having a crawfish cookout yeah. on stage. Well, so, unless they start taking this thing on the road, man, it's uh, it's it's, it's looking funny in the light. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. it may be a grand opening, grand closing grand soon, but they're gonna ride this till wheels fall off. Absolutely. Wheels fall off. So if they make it money and sponsorship, hopefully Ciroc is paying well. Because uh, that's, that, that's the last hurrah. And Triller, Triller just debuted a triangular ring to have boxers fight MMA fighters. That's where they are in terms of fighting. So. I mean, they're making so Soy she, look smarter and so smarter. So she need. They, Triller. What is this, TNA? Yep. That's what it. Listen. Triller. 
may not be long in the <laughs> combat sports space. So versus is uh, the way to push the money from here on out, man. Uh, now I appreciate you joining me. Oh, man, this is love, man. Yeah, this is an amazing segment. Well, I made it. <laughs> Chopping it up. Let the people know where to find you on social, all that, and how to listen to views from the seven amazing podcasts I listen every week. Let the people know where to find uh, you. can follow me on Twitter, man, at Just Call Me Spence. That's J-U-S Call Me Spence. S-P-E-N-C, man. Uh, come follow me, man. You know, cuss me out, all that good stuff. Uh, Views from the 7 drops every Thursday like clockwork. You can follow uh, the podcast page on Twitter at Views from the 7, on Instagram at Views from the underscore 7. And for the three of y'all still on Facebook, Views from the 7. Uh, Kim, I appreciate it, bro. Man, I appreciate, I appreciate you coming it. through. Congrats to you guys. Crushed the live show. I was very upset that Devin Haney fight went on late. I bought my tickets to go and try to run yep. over there. Uh, it did not allow me to get from the MGM to North Las Vegas in time, but heard nothing but great things, you guys doing big things. Again, live shows, all that. Can't discount how big that is and how big you guys are for the city and supporting everything here in Vegas. So thanks for chopping it up. We'll be right back after this break because, like I told you guys earlier, talking boxing, I'm going to recap everything. And then Tai Tuivasa is joining me so I can take a shoey here in the studio. Um, they brought me a towel so I won't make a mess I, everyone's very concerned about me drinking a beer out of my shoe. So we'll see how this goes a little later. Don't go anywhere. Be right back after this. Hey, everyone. It's Lindsay Rhodes, and I've got a new podcast, The NFL Road Show. Fun and kind of nerdy conversation about the NFL every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I've got some amazing guests that are joining me. I'll be breaking the huddle with the top stories, previewing games. We'll get you set for the weekend fantasy with our Fantasy Friday episodes, and we'll answer some of your questions as well. So subscribe to the NFL Roadshow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody, as promised, we are here with UFC heavyweight, the man, the legend, Tai Tuivasa. Thank you for joining us. Best celebration hand down in UFC right now. Probably all combat sports. Man, it's so great to have you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, man, it's, uh, it's fight week. You're always exciting. When you came into the UFC, you came with kind of like this buzz about you, right? Like, oh, there's this... This new guy coming in, uh, people saw the tattoos, they heard of your power, heard that you love to throw hands, you've only delivered since then. What was it like getting the call from the UFC way back then and saying like, hey, yeah, we want to bring you in, we want you to be a part of our heavyweight division? Yeah, obviously uh, anyone who fights, you know, obviously their, their aim is to to fight in the UFC or to get, you know, somewhere close to that, but... It was a it was a buzz. I was I was going through a bit of a time in my life. I kind of needed it, so I'm uh, very grateful. And uh, it's been a journey, that's for sure. With the UFC, especially in the heavyweight division, it's one of those where it's like, man, every fight it seems like you're fighting someone with crazy amounts of knockout power. Every fight is a dangerous fight. There's no soft touches in the UFC's heavyweight division. What is it like knowing, like, okay? cool, I won this fight, but the next one I got to step up another level or going to have another guy with crazy power. Is there, like, a pressure to always perform, and is there a pressure, even in heavyweight, to always finish during these fights? No, not really. Uh, I kind of know the assignment. I don't know what's, uh, what's in place, you know. Um, 
one punch in the heavyweight division can end the end the whole fight. So it comes with the comes with the territory, but um, it's also what I love. You know what I mean? I love I love that about um, competing. That um, there's always a new challenge around the corner, and uh, I think that's what's exciting about the heavyweight division. Now you're on a three fight winning streak, right? So now you've been going out there. You've caught your second win in the UFC. Is there something that changed? Like, was there a period of time where you had to just get acclimated to being in the UFC and how stuff works differently here than when you first showed up? Definitely. Losing. Uh, losing is, uh, <laughs> would be the, the obvious reason and, and, and obviously the biggest, you know. Like, uh, we compete to, to win and... and, and you know, and to get better. And I think uh, I had to change also a few other things in, in my life that wasn't really, you know, doing too well and kind of just change how I looked at my job and, and, and if I'm, you know, what I wanted to do with my career in the future. And I feel I'm getting better. I'm very young. Uh, I've been learning in the sport since, well, pretty much in the UFC, you know what I mean? I didn't I didn't have like a, <laughs> a big MMA uh, leading into it. I just like scrapping, you know, so... Uh, <laughs> I feel I'm getting better and better. I'm very young still, especially in the heavyweight division. So I've still got time to, to go and, and more to learn. Is it something you'll say that, like, it just came easy to you? Is that part of the change where you just like, hey, man, I'm, I'm on this winning streak. I'm just knocking people out. And then losing really had to tell you to take it seriously. Like, this is a, a career and a job. Well, that was really my whole career uh, before the, the losing streak. Uh I used to fight and knock people out, and um, it wasn't much different to what I've seen before in the past, you know what I mean? So I'm just like, I'm young, dumb, just loving life, you know, and like, oh, I can knock anyone out, you know, this is easy. Like, I don't really need to give a shit. And then uh, life tries to teach you some, uh, <laughs> some valuable lessons. And, and getting your ass handed to you in front of the world, you know, it's... Uh, you have to wake up and, and, and smell the roses, that's for sure. Your last fight, it was billed very big, right? You versus Greg Hardy. Greg Hardy has a name. Everyone coming in is just like, okay, this is the test for Greg Hardy. But for you going into that fight, there was a lot to lose. Like, no one wants to get knocked out, one, by Greg Hardy. Two, on that stage and that platform, they gave you the chance to fight um, on a pretty big platform against him. Tell me how it was in that fight and what you felt after knocking him out and kind of conquering that and just being like, okay, cool, now I've, I've arrived and I'm on this streak and now I can go and be on a whole other level of, of notoriety. Yeah, um, I think I deserve to be in front of the, the, in front of the crowd and on those big cards. Uh, I always uh, bring something to the table. Um, and... Yeah, it was just a good feeling to knock a bit of a, a dick out, you know what I mean? He's a bit of an idiot. So it was, uh, it, it, it all happens and it was, it was a good feeling and a good knockout and on a great card. So it was all a win-win for me. I know you've been asked this a million times. Where did the shoey celebration come from? Like, I, I know people do shoeys and I guess back home is like a thing. But when did you decide, like, you know what? I'm going to do this in the octagon after I win. Well, like I've said before, it's it's kind of an Aussie thing, you know what I mean? Uh, for football and and uh, or rugby league is what we call it, and 
it's just a, it's just a thing to do with all the boys and and have fun and at the pub and picks a bit of the mood up, you know what I mean? And I was just thinking, what's the fastest way I can get a uh, drug from after fighting? So that was uh, that was the first thing that comes to mind. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess it's pretty quick. Uh, now though, you're taking the shoeies from random fans. Tell me how bad it was to take the shoey and find out there was hot sauce in it on the Poirier yeah, hot sauce shoey. Yeah, he got me that one. Uh, that was a bit of a surprise. And it didn't taste good, that's for sure. I wouldn't recommend the old uh, hot sauce shoey. It's, it's not on the list again, that's for sure. All right, so now someone has to screen the shoeys. We have to make sure that it's just beer. <laughs> Run it through a test first. <laughs> And then this weekend coming up, another tough opponent, um, Augusto Sakai. It's, I want to say a step up, but actually you fought nothing but tough guys. But this is your way to work your way back into the top ten. Looking at the top five of the heavyweight division, it seems like two, three more fights. You could be right up there. This is the first step. Going into this one, what do you see when you look at Sakai, when you've seen him fight? Uh, what have your coaches told you? And where do you think that you can really take advantage of him in this fight? Um, yeah, Sakai and me, I think, is a great matchup. Um, as in, he's a stand-up fighter. I'm a stand-up fighter. He's uh, he's got some high-level striking, but um, I don't think he likes to be pressured and and, uh, and try and fight on the back foot. So that's kind of it's kind of my my thing. I'm always on the front foot. I like to be on the front foot, and. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a good fight. Just bring the fight and let's whack on. Let's let's uh, let's <laughs> let's punch on and, and put on a show for the crowd. You always do, always do. It seems like uh, the Aussies are taking over combat sports. Petrion just looks unbeatable right now, and then you also have George Cambosis with a huge upset last weekend. What is in the water down there? Is it just like you guys' time? Have people been sleeping on the Aussies? Well, we fight. We grow up fighting, uh, and, and we're always usually the underdog. So uh, we, we've got nothing to lose, everything to gain, and, and I think that's what we. Uh, and we're a fighting culture, you know. We, we we just love to we love to fight. We don't have guns, so we got hands. <laughs> <laughs> I like that way of thinking. You guys, listen, man. You guys use them. Before I let you get out of here, I've been waiting for this interview all week, right? So specifically. I had to make sure I got a beer for when you came on. Let's get it, my and man. And the shoe. Let's get it. And just for yeah. you, look at that. It's all in there. Get it in there. Doesn't it taste better? Shoey for Ty. That doesn't taste bad. I've had worse beer. I played beer pong in very exactly. bad places. Exactly. <laughs> My man, Taito Ivasa, can't wait Not to see you take a shoey. It does. It doesn't taste bad. You're on to something. <laughs> Who needs a cup when you have a shoe? I can't wait to see you take your shoey this weekend, man. I'll be thinking of you rooting you on. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, brother. appreciate it. Anytime. Thanks, Ty. Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. 
Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie Adu? Soccer is going to explode and it's going to be around this kid. We were the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show. And with that came the expectation and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy drop Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcasts. All right, everybody, welcome back. Shout out to my dude Spence coming through. Views from the seven. Make sure you guys check them out wherever you listen to podcasts, wherever you listen to us. Always fun conversations. They are wild boys on that show. So uh, one day I'm going to have to get my dude Skinny Ivan to get the whole trifecta in here um, to really chop it up and talk music. But amazing for him joining me today. Man, I can't thank him enough. That was incredible. Now it's time to talk boxing. You will hear producer Cole, baby, chime in. If I'm saying anything wild, he will build a filter for me in the booth and uh, try to temper some of these hot takes that'll be coming out of the microphone today. Ha! He can't stop me, though. The human hot take machine is in the building. I love um, when I'm up here by myself. I can say anything crazy. I don't think I have to today, though, because the fights this past weekend were pretty straight up and down. No special effects, as Floyd Mayweather would say. We started off with Devin Haney versus Jojo Diaz right here in Las Vegas at the MGM Grand. I will say this. Devin Haney brought more people out than I thought he would. The, the flashiness is there. He has the chains. After the fight, dropped, dropped a mill on two new, two new uh, necklaces shining. He got a new watch shining, dropped a million dollars after the fight. He's kind of adopting that Floyd Mayweather money persona without being the villain, though. So he wants to be the good guy, but also be flashy. I don't know if that works. If you're flashy, if you're confident, if you're cocky, you got to go all the way in. He doesn't talk enough trash pre-fight to do that. But he still has some star power. He has the looks. Good-looking guy. He knows the rappers. He knows all this. The young kids should gravitate toward him. We'll talk about Tank Davis, who they do gravitate towards. Devin Haney's looking to grab some of that same audience, the same audience that Floyd had when he was here. The same reason Floyd is now a billionaire. They're all chasing that same model. In the fight, Haney faced his toughest test. I mean, to date, in my opinion, JoJo Diaz. JoJo moving up from 130 a couple fights ago, so Haney is naturally bigger. But JoJo Diaz is more aggressive. So we get into this fight on Saturday, and we see Devin Haney change it up a little bit. He's not, quote-unquote, running. That's what everyone said. Oh, he runs. He made it look ugly. His past fights, he did. This one, he stood on his punches. He went toe-to-toe. He got hit with some big shots. Showed that he has a chin. Returned fire on JoJo Diaz. Went back and forth. I had Haney winning eight rounds to four. A lot of people, seven to five. However you shook it, I think he won a clear decision in that fight. But there's a glaring problem with Devin Haney. This was a smaller guy coming up in weight just two fights ago. Last spring, the guy was fighting at 130 pounds. He's now at 135. He is there to be hit. He's not a defensive wizard. You're not fighting Shakur Stevenson. This guy is going to let you hit him. Devin Haney was able to hit him. Devin Haney never once in that fight buzzed him. Never once in that fight did he have Jojo Diaz rocked. 
He hit JoJo Diaz clean and made JoJo Diaz look like he had a chin like Canelo. That's going to be problematic. Because when you face the Tank Davises, when you face the Ryan Garcias, say what you want about Ryan, that kid can crack. When you face George Cambosis, who is the new undisputed champion after being Teofimo Lopez, not only did Cambosis drop Lopez, so he got a low power. He took Lopez's punch in the 10th, got knocked down, and got up. Devin Haney doesn't hit as hard as Teofimo Lopez. So how are you going to keep George Cambosis off of you? He has all the skills in the world. Defensively, looks great. The jab is amazing. Puts together combos. He showed the chin. Sooner or later in boxing, you have to have knockout power. You don't have to have an abundance of it. Not everyone has to be Deontay Wilder. Not everyone has to be Tyson. Not everyone has to be Roy Jones. Sooner or later, you have to have some of it. Prime example, Tyson Fury was never a knockout guy as a heavyweight. Defensive wizard. Bored the hell out of people against Klitschko. Beat him. Hard to hit. He faced Deontay Wilder. Outclassed him by all regards. Wilder drops him twice. Late in the fight. 10th round, 12th round in the first one. You know what? Tyson Fury wakes up and he's like, if I give Deontay Wilder 36 minutes to hit me, he's going to put me down. How do I beat him? I don't give him 36 minutes. Let me go at him because in the first six rounds of the first fight, Wilder didn't put him down. Cool. So I have 18 minutes to put Wilder down. And I know in that 18 minutes, he can't hurt me. Fury went out, found a trainer, taught him how to sit down his punches. Sugar Hill, he used his size, used his power, and said, you know what? I have enough knockout power that when I need to be a bully, when I need to knock someone out, I can do that. We see what happened with Tyson Fury. Got Wilder out of there twice. Most dangerous puncher on the planet. Devin Haney has to show that sooner or later when he goes against a Tank Davis, when he goes against a Teofimo Lopez. He has to show that he can hurt them. If not, they're going to not respect him. Floyd is an anomaly. He's a freak of nature. He's a once-in-a-lifetime fighter. Floyd, when he moved up in weight, found a way to outpoint everyone and not get hurt at all. No one else does that. You're going to get hurt at some point. You have to hurt the other guy back. And mind you, when Floyd was at 130 pounds, 135 pounds, when he was pretty boy, he hurt people. As Diego Corrales, rest in peace, can't ask Diego Corrales. But in that fight, hurt Diego Corrales. All of these guys Floyd fought at 135, he cracked. He moved up to 140, broke his hands. Moved up to 147, broke his hand again. He's like, I don't like fighting with broken hands. I'm going to stop doing this, especially as people get bigger, because my hands are too frail. Changed his style. When he was at 135, He'll throw him. And he had power. Devin isn't showing that. Now, Devin's a bigger frame. He could move up to 140, 147. Maybe he gets his, quote-unquote, grown man strength. Gets his grown man body. Start looking like Debo in the shoulders. Maybe. Maybe that adds power. 
But usually, Manny Pacquiao aside, you do not gain weight and gain power. When you cut this weight and you fight smaller people, that's your time to knock people out. That's the time to beat a bully on the playground. You don't go from not being a bully in elementary school, middle school, and think you go to high school, and all of a sudden you can bully people. Not how it works. You're usually the bigger kid in your grade in elementary school. That's where you learn these habits, because you're bigger than everyone. Go to middle school, you're still slightly bigger than everyone. You go to high school, people with a growth spurt, and those same kids you were beating up in third grade start smacking you around. Stuff changes. Devin can't do it at this weight. It's going to be real tough. Because if he goes up to 147, is he really cracking with Virgil Ortiz, who has a 100% knockout rate? Does he have anything for Boots Innes, who's naturally at 147, almost 154? What can he do at – can he stand blow for blow with Terrence Crawford? What are you going to do when you have to do that? You have to show some power. And as good as he looked against Jojo Diaz, that worries me. Sooner or later, you have to get people out at the lighter weights, and you're going to have to command respect. And I just haven't seen that from him yet. George Cambosis was on like a world tour, his scouting trip, watching all of these guys fight. He says they have to earn the shot to fight him, as he should. This next fight is going to be his payout fight. So you make someone be a star, you get the most money you can. Against Devin Haney, I don't know about that. I'm not sure Devin did enough in this fight to be a star. But then, I'm in L.A. on Sunday. I watch Javante Davis. This kid is a star. I say, kid, he's 27. He's like five years younger than me. Six years younger than me. He's a kid. This kid is a star. There's, the fight starts at 6 p.m. Four fights on the pay-per-view card. This place, the Staples Center, they don't black out anything besides the top row, and they add floor seats. It's holding five, or it's holding 15.3 thousand. I get there at six. Maybe 2,000 people in the arena. Next fight comes on at seven. Maybe 4,000. The co-main comes on at eight. I'll be generous and say 5,000 people are in the arena. Like, man, this kid didn't sell out. He sold out in Atlanta. Why would you bring him to L.A.? You know Atlanta comes out for him. You know the black community is in Atlanta. The hip-hop community is in Atlanta. The stars came out to Atlanta. You know they support him down there. Because he's like, you know, one of those young hip-hop whippersnappers. Where they, they love it down there. The 4-2 Dugs and then the little Babies. And I don't, I don't know, what's, what's the other little young rappers I don't know anything about? All those kids are down there. They love him down there. Roddy Rich, whoever else is these young, young kids like. That's cool. He does well. Like, man, you put him in LA, you whacked him out. On a Sunday, he walks at 8.45, 9 o'clock for his fight. I think it was 8.55 to be exact. His music hits. I look around, 15,000 people in the venue. 10,000 people came in there in an hour. They knew when he was fighting. Cared about no one else. Tank Davis was the star. His music hits. He gets a Road Warriors pop. 
crazy loud. Everyone came to see him. Mayweather came out before him because Mayweather is in the locker room with him. Mayweather, you know, it's Floyd. He likes being flat. Mayweather, no music, but he walks the, the entrance ramp. So, like, he walks down. Everyone can see him. He wants a little shine. There's some claps, some applauds. Tank comes out. It's a boom. And when I tell you Tank brought him out, he brought him out. Every guy in there, every guy in there had a chain on. Every guy in there had diamonds on. Quote, unquote, diamonds on. I don't know where they got them. I don't know where they jeweler. They could have got them from the swap meet out there on Crenshaw. They could have got them from, from Jacob. I don't, I don't know. But everybody's shining some type of shine. Every woman there got the cat suit on. One piece. Full sleeves. I saw two women in a mink. 70 degrees. Didn't matter. Over their cat suit. And aside, does everyone have a fake butt now? Like, is this the thing? Like, BBLs are crushing. I don't know how we can invest in this. I don't know. But uh, I feel like this is the wave of the world. There was not a real butt in sight. Everyone had work done. I saw a girl whose butt was on row A. Her face was on row D. Like, yo, crazy down there. It's every music video you see right now. They came out for Tank. That's all they wanted to see. They wanted to see Tank and shoot TikTok videos. I saw both of plenty. This kid is a star. Now he goes in a fight. Isaac Cruz proves to be tougher than anyone thought. And he offers a different dynamic to Tank Davis. Uh, I did this graphic on ESPN Ringside. This is only the second time in Tank's past 15 fights he fought someone shorter than him. Very difficult. Tank is 5'5 five, five half. Shout out to Skinny from Views. About the same height. Tank is 5'5 five, five half. Isaac Cruz was 5'4. This played a big part in the fight. Isaac Cruz tried to smother Tank. Tank was fine off the back foot, like he did against Leo. But Tank had to go over his guard, and he was hitting it on the top of the head. Usually when people are taller, you go through the guard, underneath the guard, on the side of it, you hit their face. He hit him on top of the head, broke his hand midway through the fight. The power was gone. But then, unlike Devin Haney, we know Tank has power. Tank had to show us what we didn't know. Showed us he had a chin. Showed us he had defensive skills. In the 12th round, Javante Davis outlanded Isaac Cruz 13-6 to in total punches. He only had his right hand. All those punches, it was 11 jabs and two lead right hands as hooks. And he wasn't even blocking with his left hand because it hurt so much. He was dodging him like he was in the Matrix. Tank's reflexes and defensive skills, when needed, were on display. Now, people come to see knockouts, right? People love knockouts. This is only the second time in Tank's career he didn't knock someone out. I'd argue this was more impressive than the knockouts we've seen. He showed his full toolbox in that ring. He has to heal up. I'm not sure fighting a guy like George Cambosis off a broken hand is smart. But why not if you can get all the belts? Why not? Today, he decided to vacate his WBA title at 140 and at 130. 
He only kept him at 135 pounds. Why? Because now he can force being a mandatory to George Cambosis. If they don't make him mandatory in time, that's cool. If Cambosis wants to fight Loma, if Cambosis wants to fight Haney for a true undisputed, Tank is going to be the mandatory for all of those belts by the time summer hits. Tank can fight Roley Romero or another stay busy fight in the spring, and he knows he's getting a 100% shot at being undisputed by next fall. And he just has to be ready by then. And it'll be on pay-per-view, and it'll do stupid numbers because this guy is a star. You can say whatever you want about Leonard LLB, Mayweather Promotions, Floyd Mayweather. We complain about when Floyd ducked people, quote-unquote ducked them, fought them at different times. Some people were old, some people were young. I caught Canelo before he was anything. Caught Mosley at the tail end, De La Hoya at the tail end. He knows when to fight people, and he knows when it's going to make the most money. I think he's done it again with Javante. If Javante would have fought for those belts now, it would not be what he's going to make when he fights for the belts, all of them, next summer. Let someone else do your dirty work. Collect at the end. George Cambosis is there to be hit. This might be the most genius matchmaking we've seen in a long time. Off a tank. And Floyd, don't fight anyone until you have to fight somebody. And I think they've done that perfectly. And out of everyone, you can guarantee you a huge pay-per-view number. Huge for today's aspects. You probably get like 400,000 pay-per-view. You can put it in Australia. That's where Cambosis is from. That's where he wants to fight. 80,000 in the gate. You can make a lot of money off this fight. You can probably offer Cambosis more than anyone else. The zone doesn't have pay-per-view. Loma's on ESPN. He has no titles. You're probably going to have the highest bid. I think that's where George Cambosis goes next. I think, honestly, it's him versus Tank next summer. And if Cambosis wants to fight Haney beforehand, he can. And then the winner of that will face Tank. But either way, Tank can heal his hand up. If he wants to take a stay busy fight in April, make some coin, fight in Atlanta, cool, whatever. Um, I know that I heard rumblings that they're aiming for Memorial Day weekend. It seems like... Uh, we know Canelo, De La Hoya made it a thing, fighting on Mexican holidays. Cinco de Mayo, Mexican Independence Day in September. It seems like Gervonta is just going to be like, you know what? I'm taking black holidays. And not like MLK Day and the holidays they gave us. We know the real black holidays. We go out Memorial Day where people got bikinis on. And people acting stupid. It's nothing but Hennessy in the air. He's going to take Memorial Day and then Labor Day and be like, cool. There's nothing but brunches after my fights. And he fights on Sunday. You go to the Hood Atlanta brunch I went to. And then to the fight. Like, he, he understands when to fight. Floyd's positioning him correctly. I think if anyone had to win this weekend, it was Javante Davis. I'm higher on his performance than a lot of other people because people expected a knockout. I like this performance more. I think he showed he's a star. Sell out in Atlanta. Sell out legit 15,000 people. Sell out. In L.A., you know he could sell out in Vegas. Put that Memorial Day fight in Vegas. What? It'll be, this, is, this will be the cadence for his fight on a Sunday. People will go to daylight at Mandalay Bay where you just see nothing but booty shaking. You catch, you catch a quick thing to eat. If you fancy, you can go out to a buffet. Most of people probably ain't fancy. So you go. There's a White Castle on a strip now. There's a Chick-fil-A. Grab something to eat quick. 
Go to your hotel room, shower, change, head to the fight. Tank can sell out T-Mobile right now. Go to T-Mobile, hang out with Tank, watch him knock somebody out in May. Everybody goes to Dre's. If he sells out 16,000 in T-Mobile, 16,000 people will be in Dre's after that fight. Quavo probably performing. Everybody will be in there. This guy's a star. So I think that's where George Cambosis goes next. Cambosis has one more fight to watch, though. That's Lomachenko. Lomachenko fights this weekend in New York, MSG. Great spotlight. The problem is he has no belts. He's chasing the opportunity to be the mandatory again. Which he'll probably get after this. But there's a long line now. Devin Haney's a mandatory. Tank's a mandatory. You're waiting a while. And now he's beating the people Teofimo beat. So he's on this tour. So it's him, Richard Comey. He has to look good. He probably gets the knockout. The other two didn't get a knockout. But will top rank pay Cambosis enough? They have a good relationship. But will they pay Cambosis enough? They didn't want to pay Cambosis for the Teofimo fight. And went to Purse bid. That's how we end up on Matchroom. So we got to see if the money is there. Because they will have to outbid everyone. Because Loma has nothing else to offer. You have to outbid everyone and give Cambosis the biggest paycheck to risk his belts against someone. And Loma's great, but he's not a pay-per-view star. It's behind ESPN+. Plus. You got to give him the biggest paycheck to fight Loma and risk losing all those belts. To arguably still the best lightweight in the world, even though he lost to Teofimo. I argue Teofimo's going to be fine. He'll move up to 140 pounds. The man couldn't breathe in that fight. Possibly should he have not taken it? Yeah, so what? He took a loss. People lose all the time. Come back, Teofimo will be great at 140. Loma's now, again, the best lightweight in the world. That's a big risk. I think Loma shows that this weekend, though. And we'll see that on ESPN. So Loma's my pick in that one. I, I give knockout fifth round against Comey. A fifth is early. Give me knockout eight round. Let Loma wear him down a little bit. TKO eight round by Loma. And then we see where the lightweight picture pans out. But believe you me, Cambosis holds all the options. He just saw all his opponents fight in a week and a half. That's the best thing you could ever have because you all match up on the same timeline. Everyone's waiting on the same timeline. You have your pick, your kid in a candy store or whatever they have in Australia. We're about to talk to a, a fellow Aussie after this, Tai Tuivasa. And Tai, he would say you're a kid in a shoey store. You have your choice of a good beer and a shoe. And that's where Cambosis is right now. So it's going to be interesting. The lightweight division is on fire. I can't wait to talk about what Loma does after this. And then next week, oh, boxing gets even crazier. So we'll, we'll come back. I expect this Sunday we'll probably recap both shows will be my guess. So we'll recap um, boxing with Loma and the UFC pay-per-view that we talked about last weekend. And that's because next Wednesday starts our year-end awards. And heads into Christmas break and all that good stuff. Um, so we, oh, I lie. I lie. We will recap just MMA on Sunday. I got a week ahead of myself. Recap just MMA on Sunday. Because Wednesday, we got to talk about Jake Paul. Jake Paul fight is still going on. That's going to be crazy. You want to talk about crazy? That's going to be crazy. Jake Paul, new opponent, Tyron Woodley. Because Tommy Fury has broken ribs which really makes that Tyson Fury like slamming him on the ribs with the medicine ball video look horrible now. Tommy Fury has broken ribs. He pulled out of a fight 
Woodley gets his rematch. The tattoo wasn't in vain. It's still a stupid tattoo, but it wasn't in vain. The guy's going to get his rematch $500,000 knockout clause. If he can knock out Jake Paul, he gets an extra five hundred dollars At this point, why, why have any defense? Just go out there swinging. So I can't wait to talk about that fight, break it down in detail. Good card there. Good card this weekend with Loma. Tons of people on the undercard. Nico Ali Walsh, again, making his MSG debut. Um, like I said earlier in the show, man, the Ali legacy at MSG is long. So expect many things to be coming out about that. Ton of great young talent. Xander Zayas, 19-year-old prospect for top rank. Sixth fight this year, trying to wrap, wrap up prospect of the year in MSG, making his MSG debut. Keyshawn Davis, silver medalist in Olympics. Best Olympic prospect this year for my money, making his top-ranked debut. So it's going to be a great card down in MSG. Plenty to talk about next week. UFC 269 is going to be on fire. So much combat sports. I love it. And we're going to, I promise you, wrestling show coming very, very soon. That means the wrestling show just has to wait until the following weekend. But we'll give our year-end awards. I think I want to do something different with this one. Producer Cole will be on for the whole show for that one. Producer Cole, we talk... Wrestling all the time. Uh, of course, you know, producer Cole Bebe for a reason. He's a wrestling nerd just like me, just like the old man Andres Hale. So we're going to put him on the spot. He's going to be an entire show with us in front of the microphone, and we're going to get his fight of, or his match of the year, feud of the year, uh, women's and men's wrestler of the year. We're going to go down the line. So we're not only going to give our awards, but Cole's going to chime in too and help us out with the awards show. So that's going to be great. So wrestling show, people have been asking, it's coming soon. We went from no wrestling shows at all to like one or two a month, and now people are impatient again. It's like, we got you. It, it's, it, it's happening. We, under, we hear the clamor for it. We got you. We can't wait to bring you that wrestling show. And then we'll probably touch on wrestling again heading into WWE Day 1 because they're making a huge deal of it. Um, we'll touch on that as well during the wrestling show. So plenty of wrestling coming. Don't worry about that. But for now, it's about that time. You know where to follow us on social media, all platforms, at Corner Podcast. Oh, that's a lie. See, I got ahead of myself. I'm thinking crazy. It is Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter, at Corner Club for Life on Instagram. You can follow me on all platforms, at Kel Dansby, the co-host, at Andreas Hell on all platforms. Again, we're with Dre. He's, I'm holding stuff down until he gets back. Don't worry. Just give him your well wishes. Um Dre will be back, and we'll, we'll wrap up the end of the year. It's going to be fun. One more surprise for the people watching. We'll post this clip on social media. We're stepping up, baby. We got the new logo on all social media accounts. I know you guys love that. And now here in the studio, we have a new background for us as well. Look at that. What? I, I, I almost feel like hitting the Adam Cole. Boom. Tell me this ain't undisputed error out. I feel like producer Cole Bebe had something to do with this. If we, I'm getting an entrance walkout at some wrestling show. I don't know which one. But we're doing it with this background and whatever dope-ass beat Antoine had last time we were on the show. Because Antoine just be pulling these fire beats out of nowhere. So Antoine hooked us up with the entrance music, and he doesn't even know it. And producer Cole hooked us up with the background graphic. And now... Look at this. The Baldy just shining against the graphic. We got the sparks. That's, that's big time. You can't. Listen, man, I'm so happy. Thank you to Blue Wire Studios. Thank you to the entire Blue Wire Network crew. Shout out, of course, to the win 
Resort here in Las Vegas. We are here every Wednesday and Sunday. If you guys are here, come watch us, stop through, listen to us. It is always fun. Everyone in a production booth. Antoine, producer Cole, baby. You guys stay safe. Until next time, we're out. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.